Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Power Pin Game. This one is going to be a PlayStation-centric one, as we are going to talk about the PlayStation Showcase. A lot happened over the past week, and this event was supposed to be a big one for PlayStation. It's, it's, going, it's happening a couple of weeks before the uh, Xbox and uh, Bethesda, I'm sorry, the Starfield Direct uh, showing. So this is the one that everybody's been waiting for. See all the cool first party stuff that Sony was going to be teasing and a few third parts. And who knows? A couple surprises. Taylor, are you ready to get down and dirty and talk about the showcase? I am, man. But uh, you didn't mention that they're going to have a Starfield showcase in a few weeks. They're also doing like an Xbox Bethesda showcase as well, right? They're doing two. Yeah, it's going to be back to back. They're going to do okay. the uh, Xbox showcase. And then it's going to go into the uh, Starfield Direct showcase. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Xbox today. We're not here to talk about the sad state that the Gollum game (laughs) released in. Oh, boy. We're here to talk about the PlayStation Showcase for May 2023. A event that had... A lot of third-party games. I thought it was a pretty solid show all the way around. It was really headlined by Spider-Man 2, which we're going to talk about here in just a few moments. But what I find very hilarious is you are now recording this podcast with a new recording device. Would you like to tell the listeners how you're recording this show and why it's relevant to our topic today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so I know we're gonna get mocked down for this for uh being fanboys. We talked about plenty of times how we like PC and Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo games. Uh but oddly enough, I have been recording uh the past couple of podcasts on my PS5 controller. I know it sounds strange, but it's true. Right now I'm recording this podcast. On my PlayStation 5 DualSense controller using the built-in microphone. And somehow, someway, it sounds better than my Blue Yeti, uh, which picks up everything. Somehow, the PlayStation controller does a much better job before I start having to do uh, tweaks to the audio. And by me, I mean Taylor, because Taylor's the one who's mostly had to deal with this stuff. You sound much clearer. I will say that. Yeah, that's a weird thing. But you're not picking up really any background noise. You're not really echoing all too much. It's quite impressive considering you're literally just talking on the speaker of your PS5 controller. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't even remember how it happened. Like, I don't remember what made me just start using my PS5 controller. No, I know, I do remember. It was by accident. Because uh, I was going to try to record something with my uh, Blue Yeti. But my PS5 controller was hooked to my PC. And I, well, it wasn't until too late that I noticed that, oh my goodness, uh, it has been picking up off of my Blue Yeti. And when I looked at the settings, it showed that it was using my uh, PlayStation microphone. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's going to sound like complete and utter shit. I listened back to it and it sounded great. I was like, there's no way this thing picked up on my controller. This has to be a fluke. So I went in, told Taylor, like, hey, I'm using, I'm going to start using my PlayStation 5 controller uh, to report podcasts. And he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. What, what, what the hell? So I sent him a couple of samples. One with my Yeti mic, one with my PS5 controller at a certain distance, and then another one with my PS5 controller close to my mouth. And it was night and day difference. He was like, 
you got to be joking. There's no way using a PS5 controller. Like, yeah, no, man. The better sounding audio is my PS5 controller. And now this is what I'm going to be using from now on to uh, record podcasts, which is really strange. That is one of the best praises I've heard about, like, a PlayStation 5 device. Like, yeah, you can record podcasts with it. <laughs> you can't afford a $100 microphone? Nah, that's all right. Use your PS5 controller. You don't have a PS5? Hey, you can go out and buy a $60 controller, and it works just as fine. And when you get a PS5, you have a controller for it. You now got your extra controller, yeah. But speaking of the PS5, let's get into this showcase here. I thought it was a fine show. There was parts at the beginning. I was about to message you on Discord and be like, dude, I'm getting put to sleep by this showcase. Because everything was either like so, how do I put this without sounding too harsh? So child-friendly, like family-friendly kind of focused games to the point that even Nintendo would sit there and be like, all right, guys, come on now. Or they were so depressing of games that I want to talk to the developers and make sure that they are okay. And then we got to the reveal of Metal Gear Solid 3, the remake coming out. And from there on out, I feel like the showcase really kind of picked up. And we got Alan Wake 2, and we'll talk about Spider-Man. Of course, that'll be the first thing we really talk about. But overall, a lot of third-party things... Not a whole lot of stuff for just PlayStation specifically, but I thought it was a solid show. It was fine. Headlined by one hell of a demo to cap off. Wait, hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You say you were bored with it. Are you going to tell me you didn't like Square Enix Splatoon ripoff party bubble game? We'll get into it. I, I kind of have a bone to pick with all these... <laughs> fun little Overwatch looking hero shooters, Splatoon ripoffs that are trying to get into that market, but I don't think any of them are going to succeed. But what are your thoughts on this showcase in a general sense? Uh, in general, I did skip a few of the game announcements. I was like, wow, this is kind of boring. I don't know why this is being shown. Uh, this is a 15 second pre rendered demo, uh, not even demo, but a 15. Second pre-rendered trailer that showed me absolutely nothing. But overall, you know what? You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm butting in because you're right. I am so tired. Like Michael has been the guy for <laughs> years since I have talked with him on this podcast. He has been the guy who's been like, I'm tired of these cinematic trailers. And I've tried to be a little positive about it. Be like, oh, you know, they don't always have something to show. There are some trailers in this showcase, and it's not just PlayStation. It's going to be shown at Xbox. There's going to be some kind of game that's going to get revealed there that you're going to go, really, that's it? Like, it's it happens all the time now in the game industry, and I'm fucking sick of it. Where a game gets revealed, and it's something as simple as, what was it, Concord? That game that got showed off at the PlayStation showcase to where they showed, like, a garden? Yeah. Uh, a garden, a burger, and a fridge. A lab, yeah, like a lab garden, and then I was like, we're yeah. going for takeoff, and then Concord. Okay, what am I supposed to get from that game? I'm not hyped. I don't really care about your game yet. I have no idea what I just saw. So that game is supposed to be a multiplayer PvP kind of thing, and the only reason I know that is because one of the developers on Twitter I was like, oh, we're super excited about this. It's like, well, geez, can you have done that in the showcase? Can you like shown us a little bit of something or at least like 
the newest PvP from such and such studios. So like that's the only reason I know is a multiplayer PvP. But as you were saying about the showcase in a general sense, this is the last time I'll butt in. The floor is yours completely. No, it's not. But that's okay. That's <laughs> one of the things. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things that makes this show work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the showcase wasn't bad. I, I, I liked it. I got what I wanted, which was Spider Man Two. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't get Wolverine because I think that'd have been overload to have both Exomniac's Marvel games. Uh, I like the idea that they're focused. They're they're focused on getting Spider-Man 2 out, and then we can focus on Wolverine. Uh, Alan Wake 2 was, of course, the biggest thing I was excited for. I was like, oh my goodness, we're getting gameplay, we're getting confirmation of characters and story. Until I found out that Alan Wake 2 is going to be digital only, and that they're not going to do a physical release. Um, I've I've talked about Alan Wake on the show before. And how much I loved it. And because I love Remedy, I had no issue getting a special edition, uh, a a special edition physical game from the new IP. Like, yeah, I don't know what I don't know. I didn't know if it was going to be good or bad, but I still picked up the, I think it was like $100 collector's edition that had a book, the game, uh, postcards, I believe, a photo book, like, it was cool, and it was one of the cooler uh, collector's editions that I liked and that I bought, and I was disappointed that they weren't going to try it again, that they weren't going to do something really cool with it. Instead, it's just going to be digital only. I was like, well, that's the one game I do want to buy a special editions collector's edition. Like, please, I'm trying to give you more money. Why are you denying me giving you more money? That makes no sense to me. But other than Alan Wake 2, uh, there were a couple surprises for me, like that really weird Project Q that PlayStation finally showed off that we'll talk about later, and a certain sequel that I didn't think was going to get made, but it's here. So yeah, for me, I actually enjoyed the show. A couple of games I skipped, but all overall, uh, I thought it was a pretty solid showcase. We actually did talk about Project Q on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, who was it that reported on? Was it... Insider Gaming, I believe, was one of the sites reporting on it that Sony was trying to. Uh, it was something about like patents for another device, and turns out a few weeks later, yeah, uh, it was reported to be kind of like their handheld cloud gaming device. Yeah, uh, that's that's what it was supposed to be at first, but of course, we'll talk about that in a moment. Why wow, that's a disappointment. Yeah, and, uh, some good, some bad, a lot of meh as well. But we're going to get into all of the things that we thought were very notable from the showcase right now. And I feel like it is appropriate to kick off our show with what ended Sony's show. And that is Marvel Spider-Man 2. We get a cinematic trailer featuring Kraven the Hunter being a complete badass and you kind of get the feeling that maybe this is where Sony's going to leave it, which would have, I, I think that would have disappointed so many people if <laughs> that's where they cut it. But no, we get a gameplay demo just like Insomniac did all those years ago where you saw Spider-Man swinging through the city with the helicopter. And we get Peter Parker in the symbiote suit. And all of his glory. 
man, Michael, this this symbiote suit is going to be a whole lot of fun. And it looks to be pretty OP, which is why I feel like Insomniac felt that they needed to have two Spider-Men as the main leads as well, because they're going to be switching from Peter to Miles, who both have their own abilities. They both have cool wingsuits, by the way, which is going to be so much fun swinging around New York and then using that wingsuit. But what did you think of not just the cinematic trailer, but this gameplay demo that we got here featuring the both Spider-Man, Kraven the Hunter, and the Lizard? I really loved it. It, it, was one of, it, it caught my attention. I'm so glad they saved it for uh, the end. I, I love the new uh, tra- traversal mechanics that they got. Uh, they showed Miles launching himself like a quarter way across the map using uh, a couple of poles uh, to get back and launch himself forward. And then uh, swinging around and using the wingsuit uh, to pretty much fast travel. This is only one of those games to where you don't even need fast travel anymore because it's going to be so much fun just to uh, traverse with all your different abilities. It was already like that in the first game. I haven't played Miles Morales, so I can't really speak to that, but I would figure it's a lot like the first game to where it's just fun traversing around the world. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I did find myself using fast travel in Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales after a while, like hours later, a, a long time later, when I had to go like over halfway across the map. I had to go to the other side of the map. I'm like, okay, I'll just use... The uh the quick travels, and uh, and mostly because anytime one of those um uh side side events happens where somebody gets the car jacked or get their purse stolen, I feel like I gotta stop and do something. It's like gosh darn it, I can't keep doing this when I'm trying to get halfway across the map or to the other side of the map. So I just use a fast travel to get through there. But with this, I might accidentally just zip over <laughs> a couple of uh a couple of pedestrians who need help, and it's gonna be, like so awkward. Spider Man, help! Whoosh, just fly over them. <laughs> like, gosh darn it, I'm not turning around now. Uh, but yeah, this traversal stuff looks really cool, and I can't wait to see what else they got for it. Uh, they brought back the whole narrow halt, the narrow uh, traversal deal that in the first game, uh, if you swung towards uh, a couple of cranes. Oh, you I know actually, what you're talking like, about. Make, yeah. yeah, you can make yourself small and like zip right through the cranes, which is always awesome. In the, the demo they showed, Peter used his wingsuit and he uh, went through a caboose, a, uh, a, a, a train caboose, and just flew right through it. And I was like, man, that looks so cool. God, this animation, the animations in this game look so amazing. Like the first game already had great detail. And this one just looks so good. Miles has this new Dragon Ball Kamea ability that just looks so much fun to just throw around. Both characters feel so badass, right? In different ways. I do love how they do that. They did make them at least look distinctive. Like, yes. okay, I can see myself playing them in two different ways. Uh, with Miles, you know, with the added electric, the bioelectric uh, abilities that he has, the way he was taking players, the way he was taking uh, people out was so ridiculously awesome. He would like, he would like Kamea got into a wall, and then another one, he'll like electrocute somebody, but then toss them to where it like chain reacts to others. I was like, these abilities, like, they're going to be so great. You think Venom's going to be hairy? Because I think if they were going to introduce Eddie Brock into this story, it might be a little too jam-packed. Because you're, you are got two Spider-Men. 
And you have to have stuff for Peter and Miles to do in this game. You already have their supporting characters. And then you have the stuff going from Spider-Man 1, uh, from Doc Ock possibly coming back to Harry Osborn with Norman Osborn. You got the Lizard in this game as well. You got Craven the Hunter as the big bad. I I feel like if you introduced Eddie into this, it would probably just feel too much. Well, the game did tease Shocker and Tombstone and Black Cat. Uh, don't know if they'll make a comeback, uh, but it is cool to see that they're teasing the game, or at least they're teasing the story, that Craven is actually hunting all of them, not just uh, Lizard, not just Peter. So I think that might be the thing to where we're like trying to hunt the hunter yeah. and stop Craven from taking out some of New York's biggest and baddest. If I remember correctly, it was Black Cat Wraith, who is the police chief or police captain who you helped in Spider-Man 1. And if you played the DLC, the character goes in another direction. Prowler. Yeah, it was Yuri. Oh, yeah, yeah. They uh, they teased Prowler, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the two Spider-Man and then Lizard. I did not see Shocker. I did. I saw Shocker in there. So, 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 like, they did tease Shocker uh, on the uh, tablet. But yeah, so I'm thinking, like, maybe, you know, we have to save our foes from a new, more dangerous foe. And that'd be kind of cool to uh, have them interact, like, oh, I don't need Spider Man's help. Oh, man, I'm getting my shit pushing. Spider Man, help, please. <laughs> Especially Shocker. Oh, that's going to be so great. And who knows uh, how the, the uh, symbiote suit is going to fit in there. Yeah, oh man, I like the potential of that. But let's move on to more pressing matters about this gameplay footage. Uh, you which, mean uh, like how, like how, how the Venom you can take out four people at once? Fuck yes, man! That is exactly what I was gonna get to. Because as Peter in the symbiote suit, it seems like you're gonna have like all these crazy kind of attacks. And at one point, Peter just uses the symbiote suit, picks up four guys, and then just slams them down as like a takedown. And I went, okay, this is just what this game's going to be. I'm down for it. This is exactly what the symbiote suit should be. Yeah, my, one of my, some of my favorite was when he used the symbiote suit to slam people into cars, uh, uses web to slam a guy into the wall. I was like, gosh, dog, man, like, yo, this suit is it's just going to straight up kill somebody. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with the CMAT suit being like unhinged this way. It's gonna be like I we played Spider-Man game where you get to play as Venom. We got we played games where you could play as a symbiote suit. And it kind of felt like you were just playing Spider-Man only he was a little stronger. But with this one, it looks like it it's it takes Peter's abilities and turn it up by like 10. Cause it was just amazing. Like it, it doesn't even look like spider webs, it looks like actual tentacles that's consuming somebody before crushing them and it looks so cool i know i've seen on twitter that some people are like oh i don't like the way it looks uh one person was like the suit looks over designed i was like bro no no you look at the suit it looks like the uh the symbiote suit is trying to mimic muscles at certain points of, of peter's body like if you looked at his uh his hind leg and his calf his forearm not his forearms but his triceps and the back of his neck you kind of see those details where it looks like the suit itself is mimicking an unfinished suit. Like, yeah, the face looks like a shield, but then the rest, then like bits and pieces of it, you can see kind of like an exosuit, like muscle, like muscles on an exosuit. And I was like, that looks really cool. Like, 
I think it's a cool looking design for the uh, symbiote suit, other than it just yeah. looking like smooth goo. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree with you on all those points. Getting into some of the other aspects of this gameplay showcase, what did you think of Lizard in this thing? I thought he looked really cool. You know, I don't think we've seen enough of like a full blown lizard. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna look more like the uh, Amazing Spider Man lizard. If you, if you've seen the way he looked in the uh, in the movie, or they're gonna make him look more like a comic booky, bulked up, hunchback lizard kind of thing. I'm not. Really I sure. thought we were gonna get a Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla looking <laughs> lizard, and I was like, okay, that'd be different. <laughs> that, 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 it, it, it seems more like a Killer Croc kind of uh, lizard rather than yeah slim scientist kind of lizard yeah no clothes on this lizard either he's not wearing his lab coat so i don't know man lizard was referenced in the first spider-man game i'm glad that he's going to be featured in this one yeah dr connor was referenced Mm -hmm. well also Uh, if you pick up the backpacks throughout the game that gives like a outlook on what peter's past eight years have been like a spider-man and there's oh, like yeah. a Mysterio reference, there's a Sandman reference, and there's a Lizard reference. Uh, and those are just three, I, I think Shocker as well. So four that I thought off the top of my head there. So it's cool that they're bringing some things like that back. And I'm wondering too, like with all the characters that they are bringing in here, and you have Craven, Lizard, you said you saw Shocker on that tablet, so you gotta imagine Shocker will be in this somehow. Is Kingpin gonna come back? You know, I was thinking about that. It'd be great if if like uh, Craven went after Kingpin, and we get to see uh, Craven versus Kingpin, just to see like who's stronger. It's like, ah, oh, that's so sick. But then again, with um, Kingpin, from what I'm guessing, behind bars because even in uh, Miles Morales, Peter references that like, yeah, all these other criminals from. From uh from the old prisons, they're getting shit backed. You know, we're stopping them. Even Rhino is about to go back. So I can only assume that Kingpin is still uh still behind bars. So I don't know if he'll be able to have an effect on the story this time around, or if this is gonna be a thing to where Peter has to save uh, Kingpin or or has to go to Kingpin for help with like. Hey, we're we're hunting down this guy who's hunting down other people. We know you have contacts. Who is this guy? Who's Craven the Hunter? Yada yada yada. So I don't know. I do hope Kingpin makes a return, and I do hope that we get a little more of him because I'm not gonna lie, having Kingpin as like one of the early bosses was so cool. Yeah, first boss in the entire game, and it was so good. And it'd be it would just. It wouldn't feel right if he wasn't at least mentioned in this one, considering that his incarceration leads to everything we see in the first game. Uh, so it, it's kind of fun to just think about, like, after we see this gameplay showcase, like, okay, where can they go with the story? And think about where Peter can go with this dark path he's going on. You can kind of see, like, okay, we're definitely getting a Miles versus Peter in this game where miles has to fight Peter and you're having to go like, Oh shit, how am I going to beat this guy? <laughs> and I played as the Peter with the symbiote suit. This is going to be really hard. And I, I just, I can't wait for anything that they're going to throw at us. Cause it's going to be awesome, man. Especially since you know that, uh, when, if you have to face Peter, 
they seem about suits, all of a sudden going to get some bullshit power you couldn't use when you were playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> That's man. how it always works. <laughs> but a few of the other things we didn't mention from the gameplay showcase is Miles used a new tech ability or a new web to where he actually created a zipline for himself, which I thought yeah, was really cool. Yeah, that looks so cool. There was a double takedown, which I thought was also pretty cool. Um, yeah, a really awesome showcase. This gave me a lot of the same vibes I had years ago watching the one where Spider-Man's, you know, following the helicopter and all that stuff. So I'm very excited for this game. It looks outstanding. The part where Miles is just surfing with Genki, like, uh, trying to save yeah, his him. drone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then cool. Lizard's over here trying to kill him in the background. Like, that's, that's awesome. Cannot wait. This might be, I, I, I don't think it is. Tears of the Kingdom uh, is going to get Game of the Year. But this is going to give Tears of the Kingdom a run for its money. Uh, yeah, I was I was getting some strong uh, Uncharted vibes uh, during that whole chase sequence. Yeah, like man, if you guys can pull this off with Spider Man, to me it's going to be game of the year because I always love the chase sequences in Uncharted games. They have always been some of the best chase sequences in video games. Yeah, I I kind of got the same vibes as well. But you're ready to move on to our next topic, man. What? Do we got other stuff other than Spider-Man 2? Oh, right. <laughs> we do. You, you, you want to you talk about your bubble bath game. All right, let's get to it. Let's go ahead and move on to some of the other games that were talked about during this showcase that were shown off. And here's how we're going to do this, Michael. Because we don't have show notes. I didn't organize this episode. It's, we're freeballing it. All right. So let's go, let's go turn by turn here and talk about a game that we found interesting, whether we loved it or really didn't vibe with it too much. Uh, I'll start us off talking about Metal Gear Solid 3. I've been waiting for a Metal Gear Solid remake for a long, long time. I do wish it was Metal Gear Solid 1, but Metal Gear Solid 3 is arguably the better game. I understand for a lot of people. I love Metal Gear Solid 3. I cannot wait for this because you know if this game ends up being successful, you know damn well that Konami's going to do the same thing Capcom did and went, oh, you guys like this remake stuff? All right, we'll make another one. But Michael, what are your thoughts on this, man? Okay, uh, this is going to be good for someone like me who, when I was younger, couldn't get into Metal Gear Solid games. I did start getting into it around four. So going back at least to three, uh, or at least a snake eater uh, was going to be something. But I was kind of confused why I didn't go with Twin Snakes. I was like, isn't that when the series really became popular? Like, wasn't Twin Snakes like the game that launched into the stratosphere for a lot of for a lot of gamers? I already know it was it was pretty popular with uh, Metal Gear Solid One, but it was like it was like a Twin Snakes that really got people. Uh, Snake Eater at, uh, might be more popular. Oh, really? And not only that, Snake Eater is technically... It's not the first game, but it's... Chronologically, it would be the first game, because it's Big Boss. And that's one of the things that gets me about the, about the uh, Metal Gear world. I cannot keep up with the lore. I can't keep up with what's, in, what's chronological order, because there's so many prequels and sequels and threequels in this thing. That was just like, I don't know the difference between 
Twin Snakes, Snake Eaters, Sons of Liberty, uh, Phantom Pain. Uh, what, what, what was some of the other one? There was a card game. There's a bunch of stuff. Uh, there, there's just a bunch of stuff in the Metal Gear world, and I've always struggled to get into it. Yeah, uh, I'll talk to you off air about like the order of which you can play the games chronologically. It's not as confusing as you would think, but yeah, I really enjoyed this Metal Gear Solid Three reveal. I thought it was a good trailer that I wish was longer, <laughs> but it did its job. This is a cinematic trailer that did its job exactly what it was supposed to do. There's also going to be the collect uh, the Metal Gear Solid collection as well which is, I would assume, just be the old versions of the games available on both PlayStation and Xbox, correct? Yes, and um, it's also been confirmed that there's going to be some small edits due to copyright issues Mm -hmm. uh, for the uh, Master Collection versions, but also uh, they're keeping all the original voice cast, so you don't have to worry about recasting... uh, uh, Snake or 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 Raiden or any of your other favorite characters, uh, they've already confirmed that all the original voice actors will stay intact, and only small edits are going to happen only due to copyright issues. But other than that, uh, everything's going to stay largely the same. Any news about the remake with the voice cast? Because David Hayter voiced Big Boss, and he would go on to voice Solid Snake, but in Metal Gear Solid Five. Big Boss is voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. Hmm. You know that would that is pretty interesting. I'm not really sure to be honest. It'll be interesting there. I will say that it's gonna be interesting. That might be the first thing if they don't get David Hayter back. I don't think people dislike Kiefer Sutherland as Big Boss. Oh, everybody just like having the original voice actors. That and plus Kiefer Sutherland's performance was good, but. There was a lack of lines compared to previous <laughs> Metal Gear games, which isn't on Sutherland. It's on the it's on everything with Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> like, just look up anything about Metal Gear Solid Five's development. That seems to be the reason why it was a game to me focused more on gameplay than the story, which is not necessarily what I love about Metal Gear Solid personally. But either way, loved this trailer here. Michael, what game do you want to talk about next here? Uh, I really enjoyed Elway 2. But Mm -hmm. before we get into that, because that's the one I really want to talk about. Uh, This one should probably take like only a few minutes because I was surprised by this. Uh, You and I, we made fun of Ubisoft and how they've been treating the Assassin's Creed series. So your quick thoughts. Were you surprised by Assassin's Creed Mirage? I looked okay. And that that's really? not a that's not a shot. That's a <laughs> massive compliment. Wow. <laughs> it looked like classic <laughs> Assassin's Creed, which is good. Yes, I'm so happy about that. It's like, okay, this is what me personally, this is what I wanted from Assassin's Creed. Yes, I played Origins and it was okay, but Origins was the last of the new Assassin's Creed I played because I don't want to do this stupid ass RPG number games nonsense where I could stab somebody in the head. And they still survive because my dagger's 125 and they have a defense of 330 or some shit. I don't know. That's really stupid. Uh, but yeah, for this, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I really do hope they go back to classic Assassin's Creed. 
But with that said, one of the games that I was so hyped about that is now on my list of uh, most anticipated games of 2023, Alan Wake 2. Finally, finally, Taylor, we get a good look at Alan Wake 2. Uh, we get a look at some of the characters and some of the horror elements in it. Uh, we see how Alan is kind of losing his mind. And we get a second playable character who is a FBI detective, I believe. Uh, it seems like she is on the trail of Alan Wake or she's trying to help him. And as things just keep going horribly, horribly wrong, we see maybe Max might be involved in a game. Like uh, there's going to be worlds colliding in this game or something. I'm not really sure. But I love the way it looked. I love some of the horror elements in it. And I do love that some of the enemies now just flashing a light in their face isn't going to be enough to stop them. Like we see in the first game, if you shone your light on the enemies, uh, it'll stun them. And if you hold it long enough, you could take them out or it'll give you a chance to break out their defense and you could take them out with a single shotgun. In this game, it seems that these new enemies are able to handle uh, a lot more delight than the first ones, and they have no problem coming towards you and attacking you, even though you have your light in their face. So I'm like super excited about what's, what's happening and all this. Like, it's just so crazy. I don't know what's going on, and I love that I don't know what's going on. What about you, Taylor? What do you think about Wake 2? And don't you say it was just okay. I really like this trailer. I kind of got the vibe that Alan Wake, because of the situation he's in, is kind of a villain a bit because he writes. It seems like he's writing these characters into the situations that they're in so he can get out, which I think yeah. is very smart. I never really thought about that as a story. Like, for you to end the Alan Wake sequel not playing as Alan Wake for part of it at least. And I think that's a really interesting idea. I really do. And that's not me just going like, oh, it's interesting in the sense that I think it's going to suck. No, I mean, that genuinely, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I didn't see that coming. That's a really cool idea. <laughs> I want to see what they do with it. And from what we've seen, it just looks like it's continuing what I loved about on Wake 1. The mystery of it, the compelling narrative, the horror that isn't like, you know me with horror games. I don't really like them. Mainly because I'm yeah. a wimp. I love the lore of them. I love the that, stories that, that, of them. That's two of us, yeah. Alan Wake it never felt like it went too far for me. And it seems like Alan Wake 2 is going to still tiptoe that line. And I'm down with that. Because it's got to have those elements in the game. It's got to have those feeling, the feeling of suspense and dread. And I feel like you're going to have that here. I really enjoyed everything about this trailer. The only thing I did not like is, I don't know if you said this on the show or if you said this before we recorded, but you said that this is going to be a digital-only release. And even as a digital yeah. person, like, I uh, play my games digitally. I don't really care for that because I think it's a missed opportunity for Remedy. It is. I really don't like it. And I really wish they were doing a physical, uh, a physical release. I've also... Uh, you talk about Alan being the uh, main villain. Don't forget he had a doppelganger called Mr. Scratch who looked like him. So for all we know, you know, it, we could be seeing a little bit of Alan, a little bit of Mr. Scratch. 
Well, I'm not saying he's the main villain. I'm saying for at least a portion of the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's coming yeah. across like the villain because he's having to write these characters into the situation by having them look for the missing agent from the first game who died, Nightingale. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I think like it might have something to do with Mr. Scratch because he did seem the way to have a way to get to Alan. So for, for all we know, he could be pushing him towards doing other things. We don't really know what his ability, uh, how far his ability can be. And don't forget, at the end of Alan Wake 1, we found out that it wasn't a lake, it's an ocean. So we don't know just how far spread uh, Alan's abilities or at least all this crazy stuff that's going on or the dark, the dark space, dark side, or I forgot what it was called, or how far it reaches goes. If it's more than just that little town and island, but like if it can spread throughout the world. I don't know. There's so much you can do with Alan Wake 2 that uh, I can't wait to play this game. I want to know more. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to need to do either a... I'm going to need to play through it again, which I doubt I'll do. Or I'm going to need to see a massive recap of what happened in the first game before I play the second one. Because I don't remember a whole lot. And Whenever they said Nightingale, I did remember... Oh, he's the FBI guy from the first game who just got fucking yoinked and killed <laughs> at a random point. <laughs> and I remember the stuff like the Mr. Scratch and the overall premise of the game. I remember like these two rockers having like a concert at a certain point. But other than that, like I'm kind of clueless on what's going on. And I kind of dig that. So I really love this trailer. I thought it was great. Definitely one of the highlights of this showcase so far. But moving on to our next game that I guess we can talk about. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Bungie's new game and Destiny 2 for a second. Well, yeah, this caught me by surprise because mm-hmm. when they brought it up, uh, when they, it was a new Bungie game, I was like, oh man, they worked fast on making a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Damn. <laughs> And well, then, talking about Destiny real quick to get this out of the way, they never should should have killed off Cade Six. So I'm glad that he's coming back. Glad to see that the final shape seems final for Destiny Two. Maybe Destiny overall, because getting into what you're alluding to, Michael, Bungie's working on a new game called Marathon. I don't know if I love the art direction of this game. But oh, Bungie has such a reputation that I trust them. Yeah, and the weird thing is, when I saw that top, like, man, that seems familiar. Didn't they already have a game called Marathon? And then I remembered, oh my goodness, they did. That was like one of their first games, or the game that uh, launched them to fame. I forget which. It could be both, actually. And I was like, oh wow, they're going to bring back old school Marathon with the new with the new coat of paint. Uh, just to find out that I think this is kind of like a reboot, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at IGN's article on everything announced at the State of Play. Supposedly the game is PvP focused and won't feature a single player campaign. So, I, I kind of like that. I, I don't want this, from what I've seen, to be Bungie's next like 10 year endeavor. And it doesn't seem that like, that's what it is. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. You got to remember, PlayStation picked up Bungie for their multiplayer uh, aspects. 
Yes. They, they picked them up because they want to do more live service games. And it seems, you know, this is going to be one of them. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, worked, they, they, they worked pretty fast with uh, Sony to, to get this uh, announced. I mean, you know what I mean, though, right? For years. No, no, yeah, because Bun- uh, De- Destiny 2 is going to be their, their 10-year project. Which might be coming to an end after the final shape. But even then, if Marathon is going to be their next project, a PvP game with no single-player campaign, I don't know if that's the next big thing for Bungie. Instead, that does seem exactly what you're talking about. Sony acquired Bungie and went, hey, can you guys make this kind of game for us? Bungie went, hey, we made a game called Marathon back in the day. Let's bring this back up. And that's what we'll make for Sony. And so it seems like a nice in-between of Destiny 2 and whatever's ah, next for the studio. Well, actually, that, that's, that's the thing. Marathon is actually coming to the Xbox as well. Oh, really? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually going to be a uh, PlayStation 5 and Series XS and PC game. Wow, I did not see that coming, especially considering, just like I mentioned, Sony acquired Bungie. So if it was going to be a game like this, you think Bungie would want it, or at least Sony would want it to be oh, PlayStation, the PlayStation 5. Yeah, this is going to be our Halo. This is <laughs> the guys who brought you Halo. This is going to be our big PS5 announcement. Uh, but again, like this is something that obviously Bungie has been working on before the acquisition, the acquisition uh, from Sony. But that doesn't stop developers from like, hey, don't worry about that anymore. Focus on this and this. But yeah, uh, it. it I do seem to remember uh, Bungie also announced that when they got acquired, that they would still be allowed to make multi-platform games. So I don't know how long that will last. I don't know if Marathon is going to be like something that they'll be able to uh, release on multiple platforms. And after that, Sony completely takes over like, hey, we're focusing completely on PC and PlayStation. Or if they will have the freedom because it's a live service, I'm sure Sony will want like the live service on every platform so they can bring in that sweet, sweet dough. It's like, if we can get Xbox players to pay for our games, yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, Free-to-play live service games, sure, don't on Xbox and let's, uh, let, let's, let's, let's rake in the cash because it wouldn't be the first Sony game to end up on Xbox. Uh, MLB The Show, due to a deal with the MLB, Sony has to bring it to multiple platforms. So that's on Xbox now. So it's not unheard of a PlayStation game coming to Xbox. Yeah, it's not unheard of. It's just not what you would expect. Especially yeah. with what you were talking about with Sony seemingly wanting to get right into the live service multiplayer market. And you think they'd want to have some exclusive stuff here. And I think that's probably a very valid criticism of this event. Is other than Spider-Man, not a whole lot of first party stuff here shown. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of felt like Sony had a massive shot to just dunk on Xbox. Not to get into like the cold <laughs> con, because again, we both think like console wars are stupid. Doesn't like what you like, don't be a dick. And all three major companies do a lot of great things. That being said, there's a time and place to be like, you know what? Let's try to really push it forward here. And make uh make something of Xbox falling flat on their face with Redfall, and yeah, I mean you had Spider Man, which was awesome, but it kind of felt like a bit of a missed opportunity here for PlayStation. I will say that, even though I quite liked this event. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get. But you got to remember, this is not like their first event. I'm sure when it comes to a state of play, I think that's when it's going to feel more like their kind of thing. Uh, I think this is exactly what they said. This is a showcase. This is us showing off our uh, our partners. You know, this is this is us showing off some of the games that we would love to be announced. Uh, and then when it comes to a state of play, that's when we focus on the state of PlayStation. So I kind of figured that's why it was called a showcase, not a state of play. And I was okay with it being mostly third party stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is cool. Because in a few weeks, we get to see some other cool new stuff from the Xbox uh, side. And you already know there's going to be a few uh, multi-platform games on that announcement. So the way I see it, gamers are winning with this one. Yeah, I agree. But before we go, you mentioned it at the top of the show. I want to talk about Project Q. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh. <laughs> no, we can skip Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm good there. <laughs> but Project Q was something that was reported on a few weeks ago. We talked about it here on the show. And man, I got to admit, when they revealed what exactly it was, initially, without hearing the words that Jim Ryan said, I went, okay, this is pretty cool. They have their own version of the Switch. And when you hear what Jim Ryan says, you go, wait, what's the fucking point? Yeah, I don't get it either. This was the biggest disappointment, I have to uh, say, when it comes to the uh, showcase. Because it makes no sense. They show off this awkward looking handheld, which I was like, okay, you're doing the uh, the thing that looks like you uh, put your your phone with the, the, uh, the backbone. The, the the backbone that they had with the uh, with the uh, Xbox and that they also now have with PlayStation, I thought that's what it was at first. But it was like, nope, it's a PS5 controller with a big old screen in the middle. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So they are doing cloud gaming, just to find out that no, you have not only do you have to have a PS5, but the game you play has to be downloaded on your PS5. It's like, wait, why would I need this device? Why wouldn't I just play my PS5? Like, are, like why, why is the thing? Like, why would I not just stream it to my phone? Or why would I not just do the uh, do a cloud play? It's like, no, you, you have to have the PS5 and you have to have it uh, over Wi-Fi. You have, to, you have to use remote play and you have to have a PS5 and the game has to be on your PS5. And it's like, whoa, that's way too many stuff tying me down. Like, well, this I, I I agree with you on that. Like, what's what's the point of this thing? This is the biggest F you I've seen from PlayStation in a good second. And it just goes to show that Jim Ryan probably doesn't give a shit about the customers. I don't know if I go that far in my I rant. No, no, hold on. No, I'm sorry, buddy, but nobody is it's really gonna go out this far. This reminds me uh when the Xbox One launch. I forgot the name of the guy who was in charge at the time. Uh, and the way, the way he Oh, was I like, know you're talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the DRM and crap. Like, that's the reason so many people left the Xbox One and jumped to PS4. It's because they didn't want to be tied down like this. And with Project Q, that's what, that's what they're doing right now. They're tying you down to your PS5. They're tying you down to the uh, PlayStation ecosystem, which at first you're like, okay, I'm part of the ecosystem. That's, 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 that's not bad. That's what I kind of want. I want my PS5 games on the go. Like if I'm traveling somewhere, I would like to play my PS5 games on this thing. I thought 
oh, okay, cool. You're going to take the best of the PS Vita and put it in a handheld that's a little bigger and allow me to download the games in, I don't know, a 500 gigabyte memory or something. Or maybe they let me use an SD card this time around rather than something proprietary. But no, it was, you can play this on, you can play this in your home on a smaller screen. Well, that's really pointless. Thank you. That's really stupid. Thank you for that. Like one of the biggest advantage of the Switch is that you can plug it into your TV and keep playing, or you can take it and leave and keep playing the game because everything is installed on the system itself. Nail so on the head. Just, What's really disappointing to me and the most pointless thing about it is that it has to stream games over Wi-Fi. Meaning, yeah. if you want to go play whatever game that you want to play from your PS5 on this new Project Q, you have to still be in the same general vicinity as your Wi-Fi and PS5. Kind of defeating the whole purpose of doing something like that. Because yeah, the whole the reason people love the Switch so much isn't because you just, oh yeah, I can pick it up and play it in bed and that's what I do. No, people love that they can literally take it anywhere and play any game and download any game. And the whole thing is a console. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, even Xbox is doing that, where you're not tied yeah. to the Series X or the Xbox One. X-Cloud. You got a phone, you got a tablet. Yeah, you, you're xCloud. You got a phone, a tablet. You don't even need Wi-Fi. If you have a good enough signal with 5G, I've tried it, it's still kind of shit. But if you have a good enough signal, you can still play certain games on your phone or tablet. And they, it supports touchscreen, it supports controller. How doesn't PlayStation uh, do it too? Games. I think. Sort of. <laughs> they, 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 they got something like, so, close to it. So they introduced something to me that, yeah, you have a dedicated it's screen a, it's a downgrade. to streaming. And it might be a better screen for streaming games. But it is a downgrade, just like you said there. Like, I, I don't know. It feels like a l- lovely concept. I love the concept of them doing something like that. I love the screen. I actually really like the controller itself. I just yeah, because the PS5 is a really good yeah, controller. as we can tell by your audio. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate the execution of what they've done because to me it just seems like a pointless endeavor. That this is kind of just going to feel like a bit. It reminds me a bit of the Xbox and the Connect. I don't see anybody really using it like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what one of the things that killed the Xbox it makes it even worse. Taylor, with all the advancements that technology has, that screen is only an HD screen. It's not even OLED. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a downer. It's one of the biggest downers of the showcase to me was Project Q and seeing what it really is. Because I think there was a little bit of hype whenever those reports initially came out. Yeah, because we all assumed it was going to be a cloud, a handheld cloud device. And I was excited for like, okay, I'm going to see it as like the PS Vita 2.0. Because I love the PS Vita. Just to find out that, no, screw you. You just, uh, here you go. Here's, here's a second screen you could play your PlayStation games on. And you know the battery life is going to be horrendous in that thing. Good luck trying to play God of War Ragnarok on it. <laughs> yeah, I, they also announced some PlayStation earbuds, which that's cool, I guess. I don't know how good they're going to be. Oh, earbuds look kind of cool. Yeah. But before we go, man... Let's get some rapid fire games because they showed off over what 
30 something games. We only talked about what five or six here. Anything that they showed off that you want to quickly talk about real quick in about a three to five minute segment? Yes. All right. I have been alluding to this thing forever. We are finally going to talk about your favorite game. The game I know you can't wait to start talking about. Foam Stars. Oh my goodness. Square Enix came out the gate with this hyped up game out of nowhere. Oh man, Taylor, what did you think of Foam Stars? Look, I said what I said earlier. I think there's a lot of games and developers that are trying to emulate the success of more popular games like Overwatch and Splatoon. And for the most part, they don't seem original enough to stand on their own. Maybe this game will (laughs) be original enough, but I did not see it. No, it won't. I I just did not. The, The heist game... They kicked off PlayStation as well, the PlayStation Showcase. What was it called? Like, uh, Oh, uh, Fair Games. It's from, uh, from Jade Raymond, uh, her new studio. Love the concept. I love the concept of it. a heist game that's kind of like Payday in a way. But It's Overwatch, it's Overwatch meets, uh, meets uh, Payday, like you said. You hit the nail on the head. That's my problem with it. It's too Overwatch for me to the point to where I'm like... Overwatch is special. Granted, with Overwatch 2, this news that came out in the past few weeks about it, it feels a little bit less special. They really need something, a shot in the arm there. But besides the point, Overwatch was special because the characters. Everybody loved the characters. It was something about the lightning in the bottle. Of the gameplay, the strategy, the characters, the lore, everything just hit for Overwatch. It doesn't always work. Apex Legends, it worked somehow. But then you play games like, I know this has a fan base, but Paladins. I don't think Paladins is ever going to be as popular as Overwatch. Because it is clearly just Overwatch, but it was free to play before Overwatch was free to play. Yeah. Uh, But the the thing um, that I actually want to talk, I I just want to make fun of you one last time for Phone Stars. The game that I was actually like kind of surprised for was Phantom Blade Zero. Phantom Blade Zero looked fantastic. It looks so cool. <laughs> God, I hope it's not like a, a Souls-like game. I want it to be just a regular hack and slash RPG. I, 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 it looks so good. Oh my goodness. Like This is the game that if they showed this off when the PS5 and the Series X was first launching, you'd probably be like, there's no way a game is actually going to look like this with these new consoles. Like, it just looks really, really, really good. And it makes me so excited to play this. I'm going to be so disappointed if it's uh, more like Sekiro. Yeah, I thought it looked fantastic. I love how smooth the gameplay was that we saw. At least what you think is gameplay. And you hope it's not somehow doctored. Yeah, I really do hope it's gameplay. Because even because I even saw some of the uh, like some of the small mistakes like like clipping that was going mm-hmm. on. I was like, okay, if this, if this was pre-rendered, I would think that they would be able to render it where stuff wouldn't clip like this. And uh, some of the animation was kind of awkward, like when you're fighting on the back of a wagon that's being pulled by horses. Uh, the movement on that looks so wonky. It's like, okay, that has to be gameplay. Like, there's no way you're going to pre-render this and it looks that bad. But if it's gameplay, it looks good because it looks like an actual moment of gameplay which is really strange to say that something that looks bad for pre-rendered looks good for regular gameplay. <laughs> it's just strange. Yeah. You ready to get out of here? 
Yeah, so uh, Taylor, what have you been working on? Not working on too much, just working on these podcasts. We have a tag team matchup that we're getting ready to do for Clash at the Sash. Very excited for that. We're going to be going against the team over at Affable Chat. I don't know when that episode's going to be going out, but very excited for it. We're going to be pitching three video games that we think would work for a movie or television series. But other than that, just working, like I said, on these podcasts here. Michael, what are you working on? Where can people find you? I am working on a couple of videos. Uh, I'm thinking about making transitions from YouTube to TikTok. We'll see how that goes. And I am working on a couple of preview write-ups for some games that's coming out in the next week or so. You can find that over at Bagel Games. And you can find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. And you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. And so with all of that said, everyone, I'd like to thank you, whether this is your first time or your fifth hundredth time listening to us. We truly appreciate you tuning in. And I would, of course, like to thank Taylor for taking the time not only to put everything together for this show, but to also do a whole lot of the edits. Uh, I know you work hard, man. I know you're. I put tired, nothing together for so this show. Appreciate it. There are no show notes in front of you today. We did okay. no prep work. Uh, granted, it was pretty much done for us with all the yeah. games being lined up. So didn't really need notes for that one. They had to read off too much. We had to do uh, a review roundup. So it was kind of a chill kind of thing for us. True. True. Oh, man. So with that, everyone, thank you for joining in and we will see you next time.